0: hello i am back that is right i'm back for another fun action-packed episode of operation gun history what is good everybody i am your humble host bogey or as my real life people know me jeff hope you're having a good time hope you're having a good week and i'm just so glad to hang out with y'all for the next chunk of your time now i will say i was really worried because my life has been a constant um not a constant. I've just been busy as hell for the last two, three weeks. But I have found time to record and edit this episode for y'all because you are special. I appreciate every single one of y'all that have been listening, liking, sharing, and all of the above. And before we dive right into the episode, let me get some housekeeping out of the way. First, check the links in the podcast description. That's where you can join the Discord. You can follow me on Twitter, follow the show. All that good stuff is there in the description of the podcast. Also, like I said before, like it, share it, subscribe to it, let your friends know if they're trying to get into anime or wanna watch Gundam and don't know where to start. Show them this podcast. I am here to be not only your guide, but everybody's guide. And finally, for housekeeping, we have the listener support option, that is right. Spotify users, which I believe is the majority of y'all, there is an option to where if you feel inclined, you can give monthly. It helps out because gotta pay for animation somehow. I can pay for it myself, and I'm going to keep doing it, but every little bit helps, you know? So if you feel inclined to, and you want to take your, your your viewership experience to the next level, feel free to to go ahead and hit that listener support button. It's like, you know, Twitch subscribing. A little bit of money here and there. As low as 99 cents a month. I'm not asking to give me, like, $500. I'm saying just give me a dollar a month. Like, that's cool. In eight months, I have enough to pay off a month of Funimation boom, Merry Christmas to somebody, and that somebody is me. Alright, so going forward for all solo episodes, when I'm watching episodes of Gundam, I'm going to watch it, pull clips, and then talk immediately about it, and record my thoughts. Just watch episode 4, Escape from Luna 2. Starts off pretty slow, and then they put their foot on the gas, and they do not let up. Much appreciated, especially with the show being a little bit older keeps me engaged and and wanting to watch it more. The feds have an issue with Bright for having white base and the gun being operated by civilians. That's how we start off the episode. We start off with not only tension from escaping Char and all that stuff, we are now getting accosted by our own people. Like, come on, dude, you don't know what's happening, which in fact, I have a clip that could support what I just said, and I'm gonna play the clip right now.
1: We have over 100 civilians with us. We barely made it out of side seven when it was attacked.
2: Hey, listen, I'd love to take him, but Luna 2 has been under constant threat, and it wouldn't be safe.
1: We risked our lives trying to get to a Federation base, and now we can't even rest here?
2: Let me explain the situation to you. Mm Hmm, Hmm. Sir! My name is Joaquin, and I'm the Commandant of Luna 2. I take it you must be Bright Noah. Sir.
1: Hmm. The evacuees are completely exhausted, sir. I'd like to find them a place to rest as soon as possible.
3: We're tired. We've been defending ourselves against non-stop Zeon attacks.
2: We can't take civilians on Luna 2 at this time. Why not? <sighs>
0: <laughs> and what's really messed up about this is that this is definitely a power move. He didn't have to do this. He did not have to do this at all. He could have just let them get through said hey go ahead do your thing but no doesn't want to hear them out or let them explain instead they want to say no y'all cannot enter this we're not allowed to have any civilians and also too we're gonna pull y'all out and y'all are gonna essentially get court-martialed or worse i think in this case i might be getting my episodes messed up but i think in this case they're going to court-martial or even execute them depending on the time of war which is drastic and it's not like they stole the stuff and operated because they wanted to they had to everybody died everybody died in the previous episodes they had to operate and find a way to get out of that situation and escape from uh from luda 2 like come on man it's not that serious joaquin you are just trying to be a bully like it's not even cool bro being a bully is not cool in space we're supposed to be working together and here's another clip of basically bright telling them like hey they're not done they're gonna chase us they're gonna fight us and guess what
1: Guess what? Usai will be coming. Hmm? After what happened out there to us, I don't think the Red Comet will give up his attacks. To deactivate Gundam would... You're in no position to dictate our battle strategy. Don't you realize? You're underestimating the talents of the Red
2: Comet! You're an unqualified officer, and I can see why you might panic over this, Bright. Commander,
4: shall we begin our attack on Luna 2? Let's hope the rest of the crew is as eager as you. Luna 2 is known to have extensive defense facilities. Your average military commander would never expect a ship like Musai to attack it. Shall we proceed with the attack, sir?
0: I'll let you know when the
4: time comes.
0: Bright was right. It, you're not going to hear me say that very often in this series, but Bright Noah was correct in this. He knew Shar was going to come. He said that Shar's is going to take advantage of the situation and attack us. Joaquin's like, nah, nah, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. And what does Shar say? Let's go ahead and attack them while they're, uh, while they're on the run, shall we? And he does. And, like, they're, they're, he's going to go off successful. Of success. But before we get there, they're hanging out. And they basically took the people that got. And not, they're not really hanging out. Let me, let me rephrase that. They're not hanging out. They got pulled apart of the rest of the group of civilians and they got thrown in jail cells essentially and they're being held in a prison on this base as people are trying to leave and escape they're getting food and hanging out and trying to and I like i said hanging out is not the right term they're getting food in the cell they're talking trying to figure out they're like, yeah you got to eat because you know if you don't have fuel you won't be able to function properly and so they're eating this is a pretty pivotal moment because amuro explains how gundam is able to overcome char and any of the other mobile suits zaku's guffs whatever they're gonna be called later in the series. Life of me, I still can't figure out what makes the Gundam so much better than the Zaku.
5: Cause it's self-learning. Unlike any other mobile suit, the Gundam has the amazing capacity to keep all of its combat experience in memory. You mean it actually
0: learns stuff when it's fighting? So what you're saying is that the more it fights, the better it gets in combat because it remembers what it did and becomes even smarter? That's right. This man, Amuro, just explained machine learning in a very basic level of how Gundam works. And I think that's pretty dope that they had the foresight to be like, what's going to drive the future? Ah, yes, the machines are going to learn from past experiences and apply that to the other situations, X, Y, and Z. And it works. And it's so dope. The fact that the suit itself learns, and then that way somebody like Amuro can pilot it and not only overcome challenges of piloting the Gundam, but also, oh, I have fought this dude 17 times already. Guess what? I now know the cheat code to kicking your ass, which we're going to see later in the series. That's a pretty cool science moment right there. I- I'm, I'm, 100% with it like i am not a huge science nerd because i had the option to go the engineering route in life and i said physics is not for me we fast forward there he's talking and explaining he goes to eat his food and boom the the, the base gets shot up because char and crew are now attacking once again they're sti- they snuck in with the ground with the not ground i'm not saying they're in space they snuck in on foot, I say that in quotation marks because they're in the jetpacks or whatever. Place the bombs to cut off the gravity. Now they're on the defensive. White Base trying to figure all right, what can we do to get out of the situation? How can we we turn this around? And basically, Brighton crew take over the ship again.
2: Oh, how did the enemy sneak in under our radar? Commandant, it appears that the enemy is a special force equipped with
5: commando suits.
1: Well, Bright certainly called it. Mm. Sir! It's blocked the exit, so we're going to have to improvise. Start engines! On the double! Ryu, Kai, Amuro, haven't you guys been able to free Gundam yet?
5: We just got started! Yelling like that doesn't help, Mr. Bright!
1: Mm. Sailor, the evacuees!
5: They're moving into the gravity block right now. Frau Boa has been directing the operation.
1: I'll go check on Gundam so we can take off. Mirai, when the engines are up, advance the ship
0: slowly. By that clip, they try to take over the ship. There's some opposition there. And then here, this longer clip of them basically saying, give us control of the ship.
2: Unauthorized personnel are boarding the white base. Get this ship alongside. What are you people doing there? I thought it was clear that White Base is off limits.
5: Only Gundam is capable of fighting shore! I order you to leave!
1: I'm willing to face the consequences. I'm not afraid, Commandant Wakane. You have to decide now who your enemy is, sir. Make up your mind if it's the Zeon or us.
4: How dare you?
2: I'm not gonna lecture you on the chain of command, but you're expected to obey my orders or you'll face the consequences.
3: The chain of command is the least of our worries. You soldiers can decide to live and die by any rules you want, Commandant. You can play any games you want, but civilians shouldn't have to lose their lives as a result, should they?
2: What? Mr. Wakane! Captain Paolo! I have a suggestion that might resolve this, son. The White Base and Gundam, as well as the gun cannon and the gun tank were classified top secret until this moment. Sir, I know. That's precisely why. Quite sadly, those kids are more familiar with the machines than your own soldiers are. They've already handled them in two battles and have gained some experience. But Captain, I... I know. They're basically complete novices. But as your Commandant, I urge you to give them all the support they'll need to win this battle. I'll take responsibility.
0: And that's that's how you do it. You just gotta put them in their place. Dumbfounding to me that their initial reaction to, hey, we don't know how to pilot any of this stuff, but you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna ban the people who know how to pilot it from piloting. You have your ace in the hole right there. They can help you win this battle or at least escape in one piece, but you try to deny them access? And I, it sucks, but... Joaquin eventually gave, gives up control and lets them do what they do, and you know our ragtag crew actually turns out to be pretty badass in the situation, and they ultimately escape in, in one piece, which is which is amazing because again, these are kids and teenagers and a six month old dude and uh, not six month old dude, a dude that's been in the military for six months being their commander. They should have no chance, no shot. Also, let me backtrack to something earlier. Sharp has doubts that selah that he saw earlier was his sister and he put a hard timeline on this where it's 10 years since they saw each other that means that they're still teenagers maybe about to hit like 19 to 20 range as well but it's been 10 years since his sister and now he's having doubts of wondering who that lady is because artesia was weak back then Sayla is not weak Sayla will bust your ass and pull a gun on you and sharp found that out real quick but back to curling what's happening. Shard's plan goes off with pretty much without a, without a a hitch or an issue. And they end up blowing up a Magellan where it blocks the white base from leaving. So they have one option here. It's well, we have one option. They can die in the ship if they don't blow up the Magellan. And Joaquin's finally like, all right, sure, whatever, blow it up, boom, does the thing. So white base can escape. Meanwhile, Omro's having a tight ass battle. There's a really cool scene that i thoroughly enjoyed where a dude comes up from behind while he's fighting Shar, or Amros fighting Shar, and he just points the sword backwards and stabs the zaku and the zaku just explodes off screen and the flash comes across that scene's gonna look so sick when they reanimate and upscale that thing for modern time oh my goodness i don't even want them to do the whole mobile suit gundam series as like all 40 episodes just do three compilation movies Update it to modern graphics and modern like animation style oh my god just include that part because it's gonna be so beautiful but anyway they finally win the battle char goes back with the suit they all rally back on there and they're, they're having a hard time dealing with the reality situation
2: hmm. commandant There have been so many casualties, and now our war with the Xeon is getting more and more violent. We keep losing these people who have so much to teach us. It's a cruel time to be alive, isn't it?
0: But Joaquin lets them get back on White Base, but unfortunately when we get back to White Base, the actual commander that was supposed to be leading the charge passed away from his injuries. He didn't rest properly. And so now Bright Noah is officially in command. This episode basically just showed that Bright is capable of being a leader, and these kids are okay, and they the, the kids will be alright. And I think that's a pretty cool message going forward, because these kids are going to be the future for so many more reasons than they actually know right now. But anyway... We're about to start episode five here in a second. I'll be back. All right, episode five. To be fair, episode five is a little bit of a snoozer for a podcast because a lot of it is visual. A lot of what happens in this episode is very visual. There's a lot of action, a lot of sequencing going on there, and it doesn't translate well to an audio format. So I'm not gonna spend too much time on episode five. cool moment we have in the beginning, I'll show you the clip right here.
2: When we get to Earth, the first place I want to take the boy is the country, where I was born and raised. After what's happened, I must say I never thought I'd step onto the Earth again. Before I emigrated to Side 7, I grew coffee in South America. These things I keep in my pocket are known as coffee beans. After I get back to Earth, I'm going to stay put no matter what happens to me or the boy even if the Xeon launch an attack even if the federation big shots send their soldiers and order me to leave i was born on earth and i'll be buried on earth too
0: we got coffee beans we Amro meets this little kid and it looks like his grandfather or father or whatever and they start talking about life on earth because remember Amro's has never been to earth Amro is a full-blown space noid has never been to earth and so this is his first time heading to that to that planet to, to the planet that is earth and the guy's like, yeah, I was a farmer back in South America. I, I had coffee. Look, I got coffee beans in my pocket. Look, look right here. Look right here. And I think that's a pretty cool moment to kind of show just how different people are. I, it was also funny that he said, I was born on Earth and I will die on Earth. My like, whoa, old man. Relax, buddy. You We're destroying the planet. You, you might want to just chill in space. Space is kind of cool, homie. But other than that that was that was like a really uh, one of the few soft moments i'd say was in that episode anyway we fast forward to as they're trying to plan their re-entry on earth um they are going to get attacked by char and crew and the rest of zeon that are in the area gundam support crews
1: remain on alert status enemy approaching <laughs> I'll bring up the screen for you. Objects are moving quickly. Armed and targeting. Within range in 34 seconds, sir. Open the hatch. Launch Gundam immediately.
5: Amuro, you have to get back to White Base in exactly four minutes. You understand? Okay. Got it, Sayla. I don't want to get burned to a crisp any more than you do. I see four Zakus, three degrees, enemy port stern. Four? Char shouldn't have any more Zaku's on his ship. Hey, Sailor, you sure? I'm positive, Amuro. White Base has got to cover me. Kai and Ryu will cover you with the rear missiles. You won't have to fight alone. Just watch your altitude. How am I gonna watch my altitude when I'm fighting four Zion Zaku's? I know you can do it,
0: Amuro.
5: I'm in way over my head here.
0: Somehow, Char has managed to get four new Zaku's. Here's gonna, here's some clips I'm gonna show just to emphasize like kind of what's happening and how frantic and how down bad the situation is for these individuals.
1: They're too far. Incoming missiles, evade. Launch the rear defensive missiles. Fire, what's going on?
3: Please stay calm, nobody is used to this. What's
1: holding up the firing? Well, I was just never trained to operate the firing mechanisms on these defense missiles. Uh, do you want to stay alive then maybe you could help me look for the manual instead of whining
0: i think it was kind of cool the stay calm moment because bright is now officially in control as we established from the last episode but remember bright only has six months of military experience so for him this is major and he's also a kid he's maybe 19 to 21 i know i've emphasized this a lot you know i'm probably tired of it but it's true, he's, he's young. All these people are very young, and they're trying to navigate this thing called war. And Amuro's like, Ah, oh, I miss, what do I do? And again, if you watch the episode, which you should be, if you're in this podcast, you would be watching the episodes, you're gonna see all this cool stuff going down and all this craziness happening, and be like, Wow, these are freaking children, man. Freaking kids, man. Here's a funny moment for um, those who've been watching the episode. Well, here's, here's two kind of funny moments that you'll enjoy. Grab a machine
5: gun. But how do you operate a machine gun? How should I know? Figure it out.
1: Ryu, Hayato, Zaku's are too close for missiles. Fire the machine guns instead.
4: Uh. Uh, Can't get up above them. What's this? That pilot's skills are improving. How's he doing it? Now, Komu.
0: I've had enough. These kids don't know what a machine gun is. <laughs> Get the machine gun. How do, how do you use a machine gun? What What's going on? I don't understand, bro. Bruh like that insane insane we fast forward to basically a whole bunch of fighting going on Amro smokes a Zaku with his uh, head cannons the Vulcan cannons and the rocket and Char is like how is this guy improving which is that other clip that we just saw in that block right there and it's just it's just showing like the machine learning aspect of Gundam like hey it's always improving oh yeah that's right Zeon doesn't know that the ship Improves by itself. Therefore, Amuro getting better in combat is an anomaly that they're not expecting. They're thinking, "Oh, this pilot just It's like, Nah, fam. The suit just fire The suit is OD." But after this fight takes place and everything's pretty much settled, this guy, this freaking guy, is like, "Oh, I'm gonna call HQ on y'all." No longer,
1: Mr. Bright. Tell him that it'll burn up in Earth's atmosphere. Now, Amaro forget the Zaku. Mr. Bright. Huh? My mission here is to safely return the white base and Gundam to HQ, and we've already compromised our safety numerous times, so you Tell bring in that- Amuro, sir. Bunch of clowns. What? If I hadn't sent Gundam out, Char and those Zaku's would have destroyed us for sure.
3: It's extremely dangerous to stand, Lieutenant Reed. Find a seat. Check the outer hull cooling system. Bring it up three points. I'll have
4: you court-martial for insubordination.
0: <laughs> and after that, we go to Char on his ship, trying to collect his thoughts from the battle, Because he gets away, but he left. One of his soldiers didn't make it. um, Because they're going into Earth's atmosphere, which means their ships are likely going to burn up and they're not going to be able to to survive. Amro's caught like one or two bodies this episode. And this one guy, I believe his name was Kubo, is basically useless and flying into space as uh, everything's going down. Where's Crown? Too late. If we try to recover him at this point, we'll be burned alive.
2: Commander Shark! I can't seem to slow my Zaku down! Commander Shaw. please bring the ship and rescue me!
4: Crown, your Zaku is incapable of re-entry and we can't open the capsule. There is nothing I can do for you. But listen, Crown. Your end won't be in vain. You were able to lure the enemy mobile suit away and ensure its destruction.
2: And Garma, I think I understand your strategy now. Interesting. Even if we weren't able to defeat the enemy before our ship went into re-entry, by forcing a different trajectory on their ship, you'll drive the Trojan horse into Xeon airspace and create a two-stage trap with no escape.
4: War is a hard business. We have to cover all the bases, Dren. It's Captain Garma! Well, what is it, Red Comet? I might have to give up that ridiculous nickname altogether, Captain Garma Zabi. (laughs) why so humble? If you know about the enemy's E project and the Prototype Federation mobile suits, you'll be interested to learn that I'm zeroing in on them. What's that? However, Captain, it has cost me eight Zakus to find and eventually corner them. Extraordinary. Sure it was worth it? I forced them into your area. You can score some brownie points off them. I'll be there as soon as I can.
5: Well, I'll accept your kind gift. I'll deploy a Gao attack carrier on the double. Emergency scramble right away! Sir!
0: sure gives a little eulogy for him and then shortly after that eulogy our least favorite character calls in that's right garma zabi is back garma has made his presence known in episode 5 re-entry to earth and yes garma being useless as ever but the tides have turned and now now they're on earth where garma is at garma and his land forces are so garma's gonna be involved and get into the uh into the thick of it as the kids would say Amro's um, greatness is on display as he's free falling into earth and they're like oh no the Gundam's gonna blow up, burn up we can't contact him blah 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 this blah blah that
3: At 53,000 speed stable we're resuming level flight
1: Good mm-hmm. Amuro you read me
3: Amuro Amuro the system should be working by now Amuro answer me please
5: Amuro The transmission's restored It's Gundam
1: that kid he really did get out of line there huh but we've got a chance against the zeon with the help of this mobile suit
0: and omro did that omro is that dude man people need to put respect on omro's name they keep treating him like a child, which I know he technically is a child. I get it. I totally understand. But that man is pure greatness. The armor is pure greatness. And that's what he just displayed. Getting on Earth in the suit and not burning up to death. Also because Gundam's armor is not regular metal like the other mobile suits and zakus and whatnot. Gundams are special. They're not going to get blown up because of, oh, I'm falling in Earth's atmosphere. Oh, no, I'm on fire. They can They can do better than that. But overall, this is a pretty pretty short episode for, for a podcast format. If, if we were doing a live show, I'd show this episode because there's some cool moments, a lot of action, a lot of animation going on that are pretty sick. Yeah, I think this is just a solid this is a solid combat episode. I can't really emphasize anything else on it. And in fact, I'm going to stop rambling so we can get on to episode 6, Garma Strikes. This is another pretty heavy action episode. Um... Which, a lot of these are going to be heavily action-oriented, which is it's cool for, for the viewing experience, you know. But for, for the podcast, it's not the best experience for the audio listener. So instead of trying to recap the whole episode, I'm just going to give you some of the key moments that I think are really important. Um, there's a lot of conversations that are being had that are just kind of setting up some... There's some character development and it's setting up some bigger things in the story that if y'all have watched everything that we've covered up to this point, you would know exactly what I'm, what I'm talking about.
5: Hello, Shar. It's just not like you to fail, especially when you're up against only one
0: ship.
4: Don't say it, Garma. Or is it Captain Garma Zabi, Commander of Earth Occupation Forces? Hmm? Which is it? Just like at the Military Academy. It's Garma. That's the Trojan Horse.
5: There. I know. To think that the Red Comet couldn't finish it off when he had such an impressive battle record. You're saying you shouldn't be wasting your time on the front lines of a Federation battle? Well, think of it as a good friend coming to welcome you home. How's that? Need I remind you that the Federation ship made it through the atmosphere without burning up? I've ordered an evaluation of its fighting capabilities based upon its impressive re-entry maneuvers. Anyway, Shar, you've been on constant duty since that guerrilla operation, and you need your rest. Yes, I think you're right. But... I give you fair warning that this ship is Xeon Cross material. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to prove myself, but is it possible you've come here to give me the chance to finally impress my elder sister?
0: (laughs) That is right. Our least favorite character of Gundam The Origin is back. That's right, Garma's obviously in the building, everybody. Do not give it up for him. They do not deserve any praise nor participation medals. They are a product of being mediocre and i'm not going to go further because this is a this is an apolitical podcast and by apolitical i mean real life politics garma and Shar have this kind of you know they, they they catch up a little bit take jabs at each other but garma's main motive remains the same i am trying to impress my family because my family thinks less of me And Shar knows that and he knows it gets under his skin and he's just plotting and scheming and waiting for Garma to slip up to when hopefully one day it'll cost Garma, if not his life, his honor. But back on White Base, things aren't looking any better. We have this new commander that thinks they know what they're doing, but alas, here's another clip of just what's happening on White Base.
2: Approaching around the stern, sir. It looks to me like they want to block our escape,
1: Mr. Bright. You're ignoring orders. The DOPS attacked before the order could be executed, Lieutenant. (laughs) Mr. Bright, I'm ready to go. Amaral,
5: Sayla already explained the whole situation to me.
3: Are you sure you're all
5: right? If you push too hard, you won't be able to focus. Are you really okay? There isn't any choice. I just have to do it, Mr. Bright.
1: Right. Let Gundam take care of it, Bright let me remind you that gundam wasn't built for air battle lieutenant and he's a kid
0: so this lieutenant is being pretty much a dick and trying to push his weight around because he technically is a higher ranking officer than bright but he's new to white Base and has no idea how the crew operates or what they can do and so he's putting them in these situations that are not going to be successful for them and unfortunately that means that bright has to put his foot down which I think this is a pretty big moment for bright because bright is actually being assertive and showing that he can lead even when other people are trying to undermine him, which I mean, technically he is in the wrong for being insubordinate, which is going to be said later in the episode, but he's right because he knows the crew. He knows white base. He knows the enemy that's attacking them. They know what to do and what to expect. This guy is new here. He doesn't, he should not be getting involved with, with, their operation uh we get to the attack um they wait basically get shot up there's a pretty cool graphic going on and the lieutenant's like we need y'all to to do this and do that and do this and that and bright's like yo relax like let me do x y and z and then here comes other clip because the lieutenant got what he wanted and... Don't they know how
1: to aim a weapon? Forward guns, change your target, fire at Magella attack! I already gave you a direct order to retreat. Let's just say we have a little bit more experience than you operating white base. Let us do our job, Lieutenant. Why you,
4: that's insubordination.
1: I thought you
0: wanted us to break through the enemy's offensive line, didn't you, Lieutenant? Yes, I did. Yep, that's right, sometimes You might, you gotta be careful what you ask for, because you just might get it. You just might get it. And now he just got sunned by Bright. Bright deadass put him in his place saying, you wanted this, bro. You wanted it. He's like begrudgingly, yeah, you right. You right, you right, you right. Yeah, guy got what he wants and doesn't like it. Who would have thought, right? Who would have imagined? You get what you want, you don't like it. The fighting's going on. They released the gun tank, which again, a lot of this is visual. So I'm kind of jumping around because I don't want to spend too much time with up? that you're gonna be able to watch and understand that's happening.
5: A report, sir. Hmm? We've just received information from headquarters that the tank we saw is actually a new type of mobile suit. So that thing is a mobile suit? I understand. So that's the new Federation mobile suit. Yes, it appears to be
0: far superior to a conventional tank.
5: Well then, we'll have to fight mobile suits with mobile suits. We have three. sir.
0: And things are going back and forth for the fight and the battle, and Char is back on the ship thinking that- Commander Char.
4: This will be tough for Garma after it's over. He thinks he'll be heading up a huge victory, but he's going to show why we failed twice to capture the Federation weapons. It'll be worse for him since he has a much stronger force than we had. Huh? Admiral Dozel will take notice after this failed mission with the Trojan horse. He will recognize that it was not my fault. I see. Is Garma suited up in a mobile suit? No, sir. So he's not suited up. I figured he'd either perish in battle with a mobile suit or I could step in and save his hide.
0: But anyway, this next sequence, which we're literally skipping over half the episode because Amuro gets jumped and he snaps. Like he literally just in his head snaps because he thinks this is it. I'm cooked. He gets absolutely smoked for a bit and then he gets up and just goes into an uncontrolled rage and destroys every single suit and a fantastic sequence, and like I said earlier in this podcast, once this gets reanimated, it's going to look so beautiful to watch, so beautiful to see, because he slashes and shoots and just, just, oh man, it's, it's pretty great, it is pretty great, but realizing this, Garma calls the troops back, and everybody goes back to their respective bases, because the fight's over, Zeon Kinda got smoked in this battle after thinking they had Omro and here's a cool line from both Garma and Bright Return to base.
2: You want us to turn around just like that captain?
0: We saw the enemy's
5: strength I need to capture it all intact that kind of strength requires us to completely renew our strategies But somehow we've got to keep them in our territory so we can watch and learn and find their weak points defeat the Federation
1: at all cost
3: So what do we do?
1: Well, from here on, we have to follow the mountains to enter the continent.
3: Although it may be Garmazabi's domain, there should be a Federation underground still active there, and we'll have to reach it before the Zeon are able to rebuild their troops.
1: Yes, but how can we hope to make contact, Mirai?
3: Mr. Bright, everyone is counting on you. We do need a plan, and soon.
1: I know that, but first things first, let's go greet our brave fighters, shall we?
0: And here comes the question, how does this leave Amuro feeling? Amaro gets out of the ship, well, not the ship, the Gundam. Everybody's trying to greet him and say, oh, good job, good job, and he's just walking past everybody. And to really emphasize this, the kids try to get a pie, and this is Amaro's response.
3: You know what? All his kids got together and baked a pie, and we're going to share it with everyone. Yeah, and we got soda pop, too, and candy. Hey, come on, it's time to celebrate, Amaro. Celebrate, Amaro.
2: Celebrate, Omro!
5: Just leave me alone, please. Okay. Huh?
3: You party <sighs>
0: Yeah, Omro's just going through it. I think that this really shows because not only because he's a he's a child, but also because he's exhausted. Because that was a big point of contention earlier. Is that hey? Y'all need to rest, which a clip earlier should have said that. And because of all this, he just physically cannot deal with this stuff right now and emotionally cannot deal because he's a kid that's been thrown to a war and he has a great weight on his shoulders that I don't think anybody else really understands. And this is when starts to not only... not I don't think he's necessarily doubting himself, but I think he's just doubting the point of what he's doing. And again, he's 16, 17 years old, so there's, there's no this is something that he should not have to deal with and he doesn't know how to and i don't think anybody really knows how to talk to him about it because they're also young and kids and they also don't have a full grasp of what is really happening what the situation entails so we fa- we, we zoom out from Amro being basically exhausted and depressed to garma and Shar having shower talk Shar,
4: That you, Garma?
5: You didn't bother to tell me just how devastating that secret really is.
4: Sure I did. I told you it's Xeon Cross Material. Thinking about your next move?
5: You don't miss a beat. I'll do what I can to help. I'd be honored to give you a hand. Thank you, Shar. You're as good as a hundred men. And you'll help me finally prove myself to my older sister, Casilia. Am I right? Don't you think? Huh, isn't Kasselia your direct superior? What is it? I know I have a good friend in you.
4: Don't get all sappy on me now.
0: As awkward as that seems, I love how Garma is persistent about trying to impress everybody around him. It's not like the people around him care. It's just that he wants to be in their good graces and being in good light so bad. He just wants to tell everybody, I'm going to make a good impression on my sister, my family, and you bro nobody cares we know you're spoiled it doesn't matter what you think we already have a perception of you it's over dog but i like how at the end of that it shows it zooms in on char and the little glint in his eyes i'm like ah yeah he already knows he has something planned for this motherfucker right now something planned for that ass boy but overall i think it's a again it's these are pretty action heavy episodes um, the real growth here for people. It, it shows Garma. Like it really is introducing Garma back in the episode. There's no real growth for any characters in my opinion. But Garma's back. And Garma's still the same person he was back in the origin. Just trying to be loved by his family. And seen as a, a soldier. As a warrior. When it's like dude you can ride the coattails of your family. To victory. But you choose not to. There's not really any themes being explored here. Which is fine. Like, I think it's okay. With a series like this it is okay to not have every episode have a moral or ethical theme it's like an underlying thing in the whole series but it's not thrown in your face i think it's okay to not have it thrown in our face because we're going to get it thrown in our face later in this series and all the subsequent series to follow so but that is gonna do it for this week's episode thank y'all once again for making it this far hope you're all having a lovely weekday weekend whenever you're listening to it and please don't forget, like, share, follow, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast platform of choice. Please, commenting and doing those things really helps get the podcast vision up there and let other people find it. So, I'm going to say visibility. It helps with the visibility of the podcast. So, interacting with it and showing that you care and you like it helps other people discover the podcast. All right oh one last thing make sure like i said at the top of the episode hit the links in the description please interact socials and all that good stuff i'm not going to beat your head over it but thank y'all for your time we'll see y'all in a couple weeks and uh don't forget stay hydrated out there and most importantly be kind to each other rewind
1: I should do my job.